Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive podcast. My name is Jeff Cross, and I'm here with Mr. Chad Ozy. Chad, how are you doing? I'm doing great today, Jeff. How about you? Good, 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 good. Hey, before we get started, those that are listening, we sure do thank you for listening. We sure do thank you for uh, taking just a few minutes to give us that five-star rating and if you haven't done so already, we would appreciate it if you would do that. Um, if you could take just a few extra minutes and uh, just write a short review on uh, on that uh, app, the the Apple Podcast or whatever podcast you're listening. Uh, what do you want to call yeah, it? Yeah, whatever platform you're listening platform. on, whether Thank it's Amazon, uh, Spotify, whatever. Uh, we appreciate your feedback so much. Yeah, we need you to we need you to write those because that really helps the algorithm out and uh, shoots our podcast out to other listeners. So, and if you have any questions, comments, concerns, complaints, could you send that email to Uncommon Drive? podcast at gmail.com that's exactly right we just uh had a back and forth because i typically say the uncommon drive and chad has to correct me which is you know chad's <laughs> major responsibility when we get together for this hour and him correcting me on me saying something incorrectly so but uh send those emails let us know send in your questions um whether that be directly to us or in that email we we Appreciate it. So, what's going on, Chad? How you doing, buddy? You know what? <clears throat> I'm doing good. This has been uh, this has been a fun little time. You know, we're really in the heart mm-hmm. of college basketball season um, for our high school officials that are out there. We are now fully into the swing of high school basketball in mm-hmm. in most of the states where we have listeners right now. Um, and uh, this is also the time of year, and I think everybody from every sport can relate to this, but this is the time of year when college baseball assignments have been coming out. Mm. Uh, so uh, a lot of years, they'll come out a little bit earlier than this, but uh, everybody knows that COVID messed with things the last year or two, and so it just caused a few things to get delayed um, for this year as some conferences made decisions about how many umpires they were going to use on games and different things like that, whether umpires are going to be allowed to travel and use hotels or something mm. like that. And so uh, there were just some things that were a little bit different about this year. So, uh, in fact, the conference that I assign, mm-hmm. um, I coordinated with a couple other uh, assigners here in the Midwest. We all got on the phone together, and we hit send at the exact same moment so that <laughs> all of our assignments went out at once. That's and uh, then we could tell all of our umpires, well, hey, there's no need for you to decline because we all checked and we know that we're not conflicting on the games that we're sending you. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so feel free to uh, go ahead and <laughs> click accept on these. Please do. That's right. Um, and it also means that then I've been getting my college baseball assignments, mm-hmm. uh, which is always fun. You know, you're in the midst of of one season and it gives you the opportunity to look forward to the next season and all the opportunities that are going to come. 
and uh, had a, a great basketball game last night. Got to work with a couple of partners. I, I worked with one of them at camps before, uh, but never in a regular season game. The other one is a, a Division One official uh, that uh, I got the opportunity to work with for the first time. It was a great experience. He did a phenomenal job of, of making us feel like a crew before we ever got on the floor. And, you know, and, and we just began talking a little bit of, uh, as a crew about some of the, just some of the funny things that we do hmm. as officials, you know, at That's the last minute, <laughs> there's at the last minute, there's a, a switch, right? And somebody's sick and the assigner has to replace somebody on the game. And so you go from being just a few minutes away from the house to agreeing to drive a couple hours to go work a game for the exact same check, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that is a very common thing that we do in officiating. And uh, um, there are times, in fact, there, I have one time coming up this year where I'm going to make about a, a four, four and a half hour trip to work a baseball game. And I'm assigned the plate. So I'm going to show up. It's early in the season, so it's going to be cold. I'm going to be wearing probably every <laughs> layer I have in the bag. Uh, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to you know, spend two and a half, three hours, whatever it is, working that baseball game. I'm going to throw all my gear in the car, and I'm going to drive back home. The very next day, I'm going to drive about four hours to go work a game. Different direction, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And... When I get there to that game, I'm going to throw all of my gear on because I'm assigned the plate that day. And it's going to be just as cold as it was the day mm-hmm. before. In fact, maybe a little bit colder because that one's further north. <laughs> and I'm going to work the plate for two and a half, three hours, whatever it might be. I'm going to work that game. And one of those days, I'm going to make a certain amount of money. And the other day, I'm going to make about four times the amount of money. Mm. For basically the exact same work, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I don't have to do anything extra when I work an upper level game. And mm-hmm. I know we may talk about the fact that, you know, whether it's basketball, baseball, whatever. Okay, there's monitor at this game. There's not in baseball. There's there's instant replay at some stadiums and mm-hmm. not at others. And so you got to be aware of those rules and stuff like that. But but the truth is, is that as a sports official, when we go to work a game, we don't necessarily have to do more work to work an upper level game, right? And so for people that that are doing uh, what we do in officiating, there has to be something that drives us to do this. And for some people, it might be easy to say, well, it's the money that drives us. And if you if you work at a certain level, that that might be the case. But for most people in college officiating uh, who are not full time officials Mm -hmm. who work a lot at the division two, the division three, the NAIA, the JUCO, whatever those levels are, um, you know, what are the things that motivate us? Go work. Why is it that an official would say, "Sure, assigner, send me two hours further away from home for the exact same check"? In the dead of winter. That's right. <laughs> you know, or would say, "I'm going to be just as thrilled about getting up and going working this game for 25 percent of what tomorrow's check is going to be." Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? And you know, you've been doing this a long time, Jeff, in multiple sports. Mm-hmm. 
You know, when you think about the things that that motivate you, the the reason why you do what you do, what what's some of the stuff that comes to mind for you? Um, I don't know, Chad. It's 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 a really interesting thing to think about. Um, over the years of me officiating, whether it be you know as I started started in baseball, I think mm-hmm. baseball. When I started in baseball, I, I just really enjoyed the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed being on the field. I, this was I felt like this is where I felt the most at home was mm-hmm. on the field. Knowing that I can't play anymore, I wanted to you know still be on the field, so I picked another position on the field, which was, you know, the plate umpire or the base umpire. Um, I think that's how it started. And I just knew there was no other place I wanted to be. And then kind of, it's something that happened, at least to me anyway, that like I took pride in, in the opportunity to strive for excellence, Mm -hmm. knowing I want to get plays right. You know, I want to have a good strike zone. And I took very, a lot of pride in that. No no different than any competitor. If they're, you know, a, a good guard in a basketball game, they'd probably take pride in the the least amount of turnovers they have. Mm-hmm. They want to ha- they want to go with zero turnovers or limit those. So, um, I think that's what happened for me. And then as I moved into officiating, you know that I don't want to say I don't love uh, uh, refereeing basketball, but the game of basketball is not as attractive to me as the game of baseball is. Mm-hmm. You know, I could, I could sit and watch a game of baseball because I love baseball where when I sit and watch a game of basketball, I'm watching the officials and, and just the way that profession is working. So um, I've always said, I love the game of baseball more than I love the game of basketball, but I love officiating basketball more than I liked umpiring baseball, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, um, so, I just had this real um, desire to, to 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 do my best to be correct all the time, mm-hmm. as much as possible anyway, knowing that I was going to fail. Um, and I, I took pride in those things. I, I feel like that's probably what continued me to drive towards uh, a top level in officiating in whatever sport that is. Um I'm not sure if everyone thinks about it that way. I mean, is that you know you you brought up something really interesting there where you, you talked about you know your your competitiveness. Mm-hmm. I know I've, I've heard people mention this from time to time at at different camps or clinics. I don't know if a lot of people understand how competitive mm-hmm. officials are, and mm-hmm. and by that let, let me just start off by saying I'm not talking about being competitive with somebody else for the amount of games that they're going to get. Or right, so, you know, okay. Right. The first thing that happened this week when baseball assignments came out, everybody starts counting their games. Mm-hmm. No different than those of us that work basketball when the assignments come out. The difference in baseball versus basketball is that baseball is a lot more fluid. You know, basketball, you get assigned 55 games, you're probably working within 10% of that number of games, right. you know, maybe a few games are going to get canceled because of COVID or whatever this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's, you know, a few games that because of weather you get added because the person that was originally on the game couldn't make the new date or mm-hmm. whatever. They need somebody closer to the school. 
you know, if you get if you get assigned 55 games, you're probably going to work somewhere between 50 and 60 games. That right. just makes sense. Baseball, uh, there, there may be guys out there listening right now, ladies out there listening that are working baseball, that this, uh, this week they got their assignments. They're like, oh, man, last year I worked 40 games, and this year I only got 22 assignments. Mm-hmm. And who knows what those reasons are for, right? Mm-hmm. Right. By the end of the baseball season, they may have worked 60 games. Like that is how crazy different it can be in baseball because of weather. Mm-hmm. We're not playing in a climate-controlled gym. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're playing out in the elements where it just changes from day to day. You know, this school doesn't have lights on their field and they go extra innings. And now you got to come back and finish a game the next day because we had to call it for light the day before. I mean, there's just so many different things that can happen that we don't deal with in basketball, at least not on a regular basis. And so I'm not talking about the competitiveness of I want more games than Jeff has or Jeff wants more games than I have. I'm talking about that internal competitiveness that we have mm-hmm. where it's like, man, I want to be really good at this Mm -hmm. you know just like you said just like the basketball player that wants to be able to score 25 points a game or the baseball player that wants to have a 320 batting average right right? we as officials i mean we want to be good let me just ask you jeff what do you think the percentage is if i'm gonna say getting it right Okay, I don't care if it's ball strikes, if it's safes outs, fairs fouls, if it's fouls and violations in basketball, whatever it might be. What's the percentage that a good official wants to be right? How often? What's their standard? What maybe I'll just ask for you for Jeff Cross. Hmm. How often do you want to be right as an official? All the time. A hundred percent. I want to be. I want to be right. A hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Now I've come to the realization that, you know, I have a heartbeat <laughs> and I'm going to mess up. Sure. Whether that be from a distraction or a bad positioning or whatever that might be. But I want to be right all the time. That is probably my own fault. Mm-hmm. That is probably something that that weighs on me heavily because of, you know, when I do get, you know, a play that I miss, or maybe I, maybe I don't see it in the, in a, in an email, but I see it in my own video review. I'm like, yeah, I missed this play. And I, you know, I find myself going, Oh, thankfully it happened at a 40 pointer instead of a two pointer Mm -hmm. or whatever that may be. So that is, it's my own fault. Mm -hmm. But, it's because of that, I believe anyway, that I was able to reach a level in baseball and women's basketball that I'm at because of that desire to never miss a call. And even though I still continue to miss them, that it's, you know, as much as I hate to talk about uh, COVID, you know, the the Omicron variant has taken over, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hopefully my good calls mm-hmm. are overtaking my bad ones. Sure. And they are the dominant strain. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Love it. <laughs> they are the dominant strain right now that is winning my officiating career. Yeah. 
um, I don't want any breakthroughs. Sure. So I, I don't know if that, I, mean, I suppose I put it pretty relative to. I love it. Doing, but I, I really, it's when my inbox comes with a clip or even when I do it in my own self-review, it's it's disheartening to me. Sure. It's disheartening to me. That's why I send it out. I send it out to, you know, just probably verify that I missed it. You know what I mean? Because I already have a set in my head that I've missed it. And then now I'm hoping for the people that I send it to are going to um, uh, just respond in a way that, yeah, you know, this is incorrect. Um, but maybe give a little bit of vote of confidence, you know, things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm aiming for perfect, not perfection, but I don't want to miss any place. Sure. So, you know, when when I talk about that kind of competitiveness, you know, we're, we're competing against the game. It's kind of what we're competing against. Mm. You know, we're competing with ourselves to always be better. And sometimes we we complain when other people expect perfection out of us. Mm. But yet the truth is, uh, my guess is there's multiple people out there with this, I'll now call it the Omicross variant, right? <laughs> <laughs> of of wanting to be right. wanting to be perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if if we're expecting that of ourselves and the only dog in that fight that we have is just wanting to be better and better as an official, mm-hmm. then we can definitely begin to understand why our coordinators begin to look for that in us. We can understand why fans and coaches begin to to look for that in us. And, you know, that's that's hard, especially, you know, we I just said I'm gonna go work that that same game, you know, one day and I'm gonna get paid twenty five percent of what I get paid the next day. But the truth is the day when I get paid more, I can guarantee you it's gonna be an easier day to call balls and strikes. Cause the level I'm gonna work that day those pitchers know how to hit spots. Mm-hmm. Those catchers know how to receive the ball. It's going to make my day easier. The earlier day, the guy at that level who's pitching maybe doesn't know how to hit spots the mm-hmm. same kind of way. The, mm-hmm. the catcher is going to struggle more to receive the ball well. I'm going to have to work harder that day than I am the next day, even mm-hmm. though I'm making less money. Mm-hmm. I... I'm going to be I'm going to be set up for the same kind of critique at that game that I am the next game. And so if I know that and I'm putting myself in that position, um, then I'm, I'm doing it for more than just a check. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no doubt that I'm doing it for more than a check. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just mentioned this idea of, of competitiveness. So. You know, part of the reason that you do this is because you want to be the best that you can be. And and then it can go beyond that to, to be part of that upper echelon of people mm-hmm. that work the sport that you work or work in the area you work. And so if that means if you're a if you're a high school official, you, you want to be the person that's that's working the state series at mm-hmm. the end of the year. Or you want to be the person that's getting the call for the big holiday tournament mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, uh, or, you know, getting the, the big travel game, if you're, you know, if that's the level that you're working, you know, whether it's the AAU circuit in basketball or it's the travel ball stuff in baseball. Um, I, I think that's something that, that drives us. It's, it's not just about how big the check is. I think sometimes we even specifically take a smaller check 
because it's the opportunity that might be there mm. or whatever. So if, if we know that it's not just about the money for what we do, um, then I think there are some other things that begin to enter into how we how we approach doing these things. And what I mean by that is um, you mentioned a minute ago, okay, when I get that video clip, mm-hmm. right? And I don't care what sport it is in this day and age, we live in a video age and you are going to get clips. Right. I had a big play on a D2 baseball series a few years ago at the plate that ended the game, came close to ending the game, I should say. And, uh, and I had video clip of that within two minutes of being in the locker room after the game. Thank God the call was right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, my guess is, you know, in your season already, you've, you've gotten video clips. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you get a video clip, what's the, let's not even say that. Let's just say the email comes through to your inbox, mm-hmm. right? You've not even opened the email yet. What's the first thing that goes through your mind? Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh I mean boy. it is, right? Right. I mean, let's be honest. You you told me this morning that you've gotten a clip and I my first comment for you is, oh no. Oh no. Right. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's reality. Now, I think part of that is because we understand that our calls carry consequences. Mm-hmm. They carry consequences in the games that we work, but they also carry consequences for us. If if an assigner repeatedly sees us making incorrect calls, that has the potential to affect our career. Sure. We mm-hmm. know that. So it's that way. And let me ask you this then, Jeff. When's the last time you saw that email? You go, oh, no. <laughs> right? Oh, mm-hmm. boy. Whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And then you go open that email and it's, hey, once you know, uh, I clipped this because you made a great call and I just wanted to pat you on the back because that was such a great call. When's the last time you got one of those clips? Still waiting. (laughs) So if there are any assigners listening right now to our podcast, which I'm sure there are not, but if there are, uh, could you please just occasionally send out a pot? No, I'm joking. And and sometimes we will see that on a, a larger, more meta kind of uh situation i want to step i want to intervene here for one second and i say still waiting but as we all know we remember the negative way Mm -hmm. longer we retain it way longer than we do the positive sure you know i heard someone say i can you can hear one negative thing and it could stick to you stick with you for we'll just say a month but that one positive thing needs to be repeated five times in order for it to stick with you for a month. Mm-hmm. So I want to be clear. I don't know that I haven't gotten any positives, mm-hmm. but it's it's just it's just overshadowed. Sure. When the clouds come in and the storm is rolling in, even though the sun is still out, we just can't see it. Mm-hmm. And when we can't see it, all we're worried about is a storm, and that's and that's a difficult process. Yeah. And so the the reason I say you know sometimes in the in the meta world mm-hmm. you know where like in in basketball officiating uh, we have a couple different platforms that are out there where assigners can share clips with their entire staff mm-hmm. right and every once in a while they'll put something out there where it's called correctly yeah mm-hmm. and they do that so that everybody else can see this is how we want that play called mm-hmm. sometimes in the baseball world. There'll be a big play at the plate, 
and the NCAA or a specific insigner, assigner or whatever will send that clip out to everyone so they can say, look at the positioning of this plate umpire. Look the way they got into the wedge to see mm-hmm. this potential tag at the plate. Um, that's how we want you to be. So again, they, they are using a positive clip, but mm-hmm. most of the time when they use positive, uh, they're using it for for a large group uh, and and fairly rarely, mm-hmm. right? We know that the overwhelming majority is those negative things. And so how do you take it? You know, we, let, let's just say there's a, a game where it's tight game. Mm-hmm. It's a two-point ball game. And you go through that game, and after that game, you get sent two clips. And let's just say that both those clips involved you. Mm-hmm. You were the calling official or the, the primary area official, right? And they were considered incorrect calls. Mm-hmm. How, how do you process it? How does it make you feel when you get those clips? Well, it's, it's going to be a couple different ways. If... I've already seen the play. Let's just say I've had a chance to review my film and I've already seen the play and I knew that I missed it or maybe knew that I missed it on the floor. I probably, I probably can deal with that a little bit more mm-hmm. um, because I've, I've maybe developed some closure on that play already. Um, when it comes in, you know, typically that's a, yeah, I agree. I totally miss this play. I need to be more patient or I need to blow a whistle sooner or whatever that, whatever that, the answer is. But when it, when I, something comes through that uh, I feel like I got right, mm-hmm. but someone has weighed in and said that I hadn't got it right, that's a tougher mental struggle for me. Mm-hmm. It's a t- it's a tougher. Okay, so now I really have to let go of the fact that I thought I got it right mm-hmm. because we all know if you hang on, if you hang your hat on the thought that, thought that you got it right, and the bosses, whoever they may be, you're working for that night say you got it wrong, you're going to continue to get that play wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've, whoever that is, has, has spoken and said, this is, this is illegal. Um, and to no fault of the, the coordinators, because they're making that decision on the five seconds that they see. Mm-hmm. We're making a decision on the two hours that we're on the floor. Yeah. You know, we're, we're making decisions and, and the argument would be, and I would not blame them at all, if the coordinators said, why aren't we calling more fouls on the other ends of the floor or whatever that might be. So that's where it can be a struggle, a mental struggle. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, for me, it's just, it's such, it's it's borderline unhealthy mentally for me to to get anxiety when I see it, when mm-hmm. I see the email come through. I get instant anxiety. I, I, I've even said I get anxiety when I just hear my email, email notification bell go off. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, what's that going to be? You know what yep. I mean? And meanwhile, it's like, you know, your car insurance has run out or whatever, <laughs> right? You need to update your warranty. But there's an instant anxiety with that because not, I don't want to say we're working scared, but, you know, at least for a guy like me, I take such pride on, on excellence that it's it's disheartening for me to have to come to terms with Jeff Cross is not perfect. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it is important for us to know if calls that we are making or passing on mm-hmm. 
are correct in the eyes of the people that are supervising us. Yeah. Um, I had a play near the end of the game last night. Uh, I was kind of at a point of intersection uh, between two officials. Mm -hmm. Uh, I chose to pass on the play. My partner chose to put a whistle on the play. We talked about it after the game, had a great interaction about it. And uh, I'm waiting for the video to upload because I want to see it. Mm -hmm. Not because I want to be right or wrong. It's not about that. I would love to be right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sure. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. but, but the greater thing is, regardless of whether I was right or wrong, I need to know which I was. Because if I was wrong, I need to not pass on that kind of play again. You need to adjust your play calling. That's you right. know, I have to make the adjustment. Mm -hmm. If I was right, then it's not a, well, ha ha, I got it right and they didn't. It's a, okay, that's a confirmation that when I see those kinds of plays in the future, I need to continue to pass on them. Because if I don't go look at the video, I'm second guessing myself in my head. Mm -hmm. Man, that's the one that the other guy put a whistle on. I didn't, I'm gonna go ahead and grab a whistle on it mm -hmm. when I see it this time because I've not confirmed yet. So it's those moments when video can be so helpful to us, even, even if it hurts, you know, mm -hmm. even if we have the Omicross variant and we mm -hmm. wanna get them all right, mm -hmm. it's still, it, it still is helpful then for us to know when we're not so that then in the future we can be more right. But I, 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 I have heard people say this before. Uh, in fact, one person in particular who's very close to me uh, has said, you know what? It would be so much easier if I didn't care so much, mm -hmm. right? It would, it would just be so much easier if I didn't care so much. So I, with the scenario I gave you a minute ago, after a game, you got two clips and those two clips were considered incorrect. You notice that for the purpose of this, I made it Jeff that got them incorrect and not me, just so I can pretend for a moment like... Uh, well, it was no. only two. That's right. Well, for, now for, that's exactly what I'm saying. So in the course of a game, not just whistles, mm -hmm. but in a basketball game, it's a little different than baseball. In baseball, every single pitch that comes in, we make a decision. We have to declare, is it a ball? Is it a strike? Mm -hmm. Unless the ball is is hit. You know, the, that's the only time that we don't get to make that decision. Right. Right. In a basketball game, it's not just the amount of whistles that we blow. It's all the times we choose not to whistle, mm -hmm. right? Somebody makes a drive in the lane and we say, nope, that wasn't travel. That's a decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every time somebody sets a screen and we go, yep, that was legal. We don't put a whistle on it. That's a decision. Every time there's a ball near the sideline and we go, nope, that stayed in bounds. That's a decision. So... I believe that in the game of basketball, we are making decisions literally every two or three seconds. I agree. I think over and over and over and over. But let's just say it was a slow and easy game that day that you got those two clips. Mm -hmm. And you only had to make 100 decisions in that game. That's mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm telling you, I think we make 100 decisions and in a, a period yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. or a half. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's, it, it's a lot, right? But let's just say there were only 100 decisions you had to make. And you got two of them wrong. That's a 98%. Mm. I don't know a grading system in the world where a 98 is not an A. Mm -hmm. So then why is it when you get sent those two clips and they've just essentially said, you got a 98, that we see it as a 28? Mm -hmm. Right. 
Well, no, I'm really asking, why is it that we see that as such a negative when the truth is any clip they didn't send me means that we got it right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do we struggle with that so much? Man, I, I don't know, Chad. I, me personally, I struggle with it because I value what people think of my work Mm. and if they if this is all i know of what they think of my work is these two clips Mm -hmm. then i feel like i failed them Mm. and that's again my own fault sure that i have to go through that that mental side of, of of the game but I think that's the truth. Mm-hmm. It, it's got nothing to do with whether I'm right or wrong, for me anyway. Okay. It's got to do with when I see, whether it be a coach, my partners, players that are retired, my coordinator, when I see them outside the game of basketball, I am truly wondering if they think I'm bad because I missed two plays. Hmm. And I... Listen, I have confidence in what I do, and I know what I'm doing is is above average compared to most. Yep. But it's still, you know, I go through that same mental struggle when I go to the gas station and I go through the door and I don't hold the door for someone if someone's coming behind me. I have an internal struggle like, oh, I hope these people didn't think I was trying to be rude. Yeah. Uh, just this weekend... I saw, we went down for our, our, our hot breakfast in the hotel, and um, there was a gentleman there that would basically, I, I hate to do this, but I'm going to bring up Christmas, okay? <laughs> but there Only was a gentleman. 17 days away. 17 days away, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you're listening, just remember, 17 days away. This gentleman was white hair, white beard, had like a very Christmas long sleeve shirt on, it had bright red bib overalls on, and his Christmas um, coffee mug. Okay. Clearly... Some form of Santa helper. Dude is a Santa, no doubt. I looked at him, and I, me being the Christmas lover that I am, I said, man, you look great. And he gave me a look almost as if to say, what, you know, like he did, he thought I was making fun of him. Ah. And I, I wasn't. I was really, truly. Yeah, he thought, doesn't understand the Christmas freak that you are. Right. <laughs> So I sat down and ate my breakfast and I'm talking to my wife and she's like, did you see the guy over the like Santa? I said, I did. I said, hello. But he didn't give me, he didn't respond back the way. So I spent the rest of my breakfast worrying mm-hmm. if this guy thinks I'm making fun of him or upset the, the way he's dressed, even though it wasn't how it came off mm-hmm. and that was not any of my attention. Yeah. But that is a, that is a struggle that Jeff Cross has on a daily basis no matter what it is, mm-hmm. even though I'm very confident in the way I approached the Santa Claus air quotes, I was you know trying to be complimentary and he didn't take a complimentary. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get all the plays right. I missed two. I don't take it like you're only telling me, hey, good job. You only missed two. I'm just not taking it that way for whatever reason. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that you would bring that up because that happens in our coach interaction. Mm-hmm. Right, we do something, and we know the way it was intended. We know yeah. the way it was meant, and mm-hmm. it's not always received the way that we intend it. And there are some of us that are able just to shrug that stuff off, 
okay, well, I'll get it next time. Mm-hmm. There are other people that maybe are a little more affected with that Omicross variant who are are really tied to that. They really mm-hmm. struggle with that. And now I, I think there's positives and negatives to both. Mm-hmm. I think the people that are able to just shrug it off and move on to the next game, move on to the next play, move on, you know, whatever that thing is, I believe there is a certain amount of freedom that comes with that. Um, I know I know some guys, when they're calling balls and strikes, they miss one bad, right? And they are so in their own head about missing that one mm-hmm. that the next half inning is going to be a tough one to get through. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's real easy for it to go from bad to worse, right? I know other people, they miss one. They'll, they'll look down at the catch and go, man, I screwed that one up, didn't I? Mm-hmm. You know, and they laugh about it and they move on and it's like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. You know, they move right on to the next thing. Um, and for that, that, that can be very, very helpful in some moments. But I do believe that when you take failure to the heart, mm-hmm. right? When, when you do that, that is a tool that can be used for making us better. Because if it's easy for me just to shrug it off, that's fine if it's about the moment, and yet I'm going to come back later to it and learn from it. Mm-hmm. So I think the best of both worlds is finding that balance, the competitiveness, the omicrossness enough of being able to say, I don't want that to happen again. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen. But then this other side of it that says, but you know what? Right now in the middle of this game, if I let that affect me, I'm not going to be a 98% official today. I'm going to be an 88% official today. Yeah, almost the analogy of if I am taking an exam, mm-hmm. whether a quiz, we'll say a 10-question 10, 10 quiz, and I go to question two and I answer it, and the whole time I keep going back to question two, like because I didn't know the answer right away, or I, I feel like I missed it. The 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 last eight are going to be affected by that too. Sure. Because we can't, you know, move on to that next thing. That is a difficult thing that I, you know I'm sure everyone out there listening struggles with in some way, shape, or form. Sure. Is they're paying attention to question two? Meanwhile, we got question three through ten coming at you, mm-hmm. and we got to answer these questions. Um. So that that is something, as you say, in the game moment that we have to be able to have answered that question. I, I can't go back to it. There's no going back to it. That, that question's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe uh, maybe I, when I get a chance at the end to review the quiz, it'll I can revisit it then. But I have to concentrate on the next eight. Where I struggle is what is my teacher going to think of me because I only got a 98 mm-hmm. instead of the hundred. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's starting early in our lives, you know, it may, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's starting in the school system where moms and dads are putting so much pressure and teachers and educators are putting so much pressure on, on the kid to, to get a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that they're, they're, they're putting in, in a situation where, well, the reason you only got, 80 is because you're not putting forth the effort. Mm -hmm. You're not, you know, you're not studying, you know, whatever those might be. Um, When really in in our situation, in the officiating world, it's not that we're not studying. It's not that we're not focusing on our, on our job. We just made a mistake in the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, we, 
in the quiz analogy, I just read uh, must instead of may. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I made a mistake in the moment. I know the rule. So that's where uh, we have to be able to compartmentalize. There you go. Thank you very much. (laughs) Do that night in, night out, period to period, quarter to quarter, half to half, game to game, week to week sometimes, and then morning to morning when the emails come in. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about the world of sport. Mm -hmm. And the world of sport is based off of numbers. Whether we want it to be or not, we live in a day and age where analytics are everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, when when I was when I was playing basketball back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. If if you weren't at least an eighty five percent free throw shooter, you weren't a good free throw shooter. I think that number is different today. Mm. I think there are a lot of coaches that would give anything for their players to be 75% free right. throw shooters, right? right? If they can make three out of four, they're pretty darn happy. Yeah. Uh, I remember we had a, a kid on our team that he was well over 95% from the free throw line. And when he went there, you just knew he was automatic, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I don't know in, in the NBA or wherever else who, who the top free throw shooter is going to be, but I guarantee you the top free throw shooter is not 100%. Right, right. You know, they're just not. You go to baseball, you talk about being a baseball lover. Nobody's hitting 400. Mm -hmm. Nobody is hitting 400. Do you understand? That means there's not a player in Major League Baseball this year that will get two hits every time they come, every time they come to bat five times. Two out of five times, they are not going to get a hit. Or excuse me, three out of five times, they're not going to get hit. If they they could do that, they would be phenomenal. Mm -hmm. If they could just get two hits, Every five times they came up, just forty percent of the time, if they could get a hit, they would be, they would win the MVP. That's right. They would mm-hmm. be the cleanup hitter for the All Star game. Mm-hmm. They would be everything. Right. They have trophies. They have big, you know, statues of them out front. Everything. Right. That's mm-hmm. right. You know, and so we deal in a world of of numbers mm-hmm. all the time, and I do think that it would be wise for us to consider that when we look at our job you know the statement has been made that officiating is the only job where you have to start out perfect and get better from there yeah right because that's what people expect Mm -hmm. you know what i don't think there is a coordinator out there that expects perfection i agree i don't think i don't think there's a, a video coordinator out there who's looking at clips all day every day and i don't know all of them i know a few I don't think there's a single one of them that is expecting perfection. I just don't. I think sometimes we get that in our mind that Mm -hmm. that's what they expect. But what they are doing is they are responding to specific moments that have been brought to their attention. And sometimes, we've even heard it recently, sometimes they're sending something out not to critique, but to get information. Mm -hmm. There are opportunities when we respond and say, hey, well, this is this is what I heard. This is what I didn't hear. This is what. And and they may even shoot back something saying, you know, I think I, I think they were fishing for something there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're good. You mm-hmm. know, we're, we're moving forward. Um, there there are, there are things like that that happen. And so even though we want to be perfect, if we get so caught up in perfection, 
we are we are going to limit our ability. We just are. Which then brings me back to the the conversation that I had last night that I, I would love for us to kind of end off with today if we could. Um, I had a ton of fun working basketball last night. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some nights we show up to the arena or the gym or the wherever you're working your game at, the baseball field. There, there are some days we show up and it is just work. Mm. You know, I mean, it is you know from the moment that you walk in, there's just something in the air. It's going to be work. Sometimes it's how close the game is. Sometimes it's the crew you're working with, let's be honest. Sometimes it's the the teams or the coaches you're dealing with, whatever. There are other times when all those things may even be stacked against you, but for whatever reason, you just have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just fun. And I, I think that's true of any job. You know, even jobs that are monotonous, whatever, there's some days that are just fun. Yep. You know, and yes, you're still working, you're getting the paycheck. But we all love those moments when it's fun. On the days when it's fun, it's easier to work for 25% of the paycheck. Mm -hmm. You know, on days when we get the big check, it's easier for it to be work. Well, man, it was a ton of work, but at least I got (laughs) this amount of money versus what those guys were making over there, right? Right, right. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, I was working a baseball game at Illinois Wesleyan, uh, which is a Division three uh, school right there in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. And I had some buddies of mine that were working the game at Illinois State, which literally is just right down the same street, you know, mm-hmm. and they were making much different checks. And we all went out for dinner afterwards at a really great steak place there in town. And I jokingly said to one of them, okay, this is 25% of my game check to eat here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and for them, it wasn't even, you know, right. 5% of their right. game check or whatever it may have been. And so it just, th- those things happen. Ultimately, we have to make the decision of, of why we do what we do, right? Do we do what we do because it's the check? Do we do what we do, like you said, because you just love the game. You wanted to stay on the field and be a part of baseball when you couldn't play anymore. Um, But I think our whys for what we do, the why I officiate, the why I umpire, those make a huge difference in the what that ends up taking place when I step on to the field or to the court. Yeah. Um, and finding your why or the whys, that can be overshadowed by the paycheck, mm-hmm. by your partners. It can even by your wife or, or husband who is, you know, doubting why, you know, why are you driving four hours? I don't get why you're doing this. Yeah. I mean, those conversations happened with me early on in my career. My wife would say, why are you driving four and a half hours for a Juco game? What, tell me, you know, where's the end game here? Because people close to you, like your, like your spouses, they're looking at it as, uh, you know, income. Mm-hmm. So tell me how you driving four and a half hours to get to a game for 135, 140 bucks and then driving four hours back is going to make our family life better. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily see, well, because if I do this for three or four years, I have an opportunity to do drive 90 minutes from the house and make, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. They don't see that. Sure. At that point. 
But I will say this. It has come to my attention more so than ever between last year and this year. Our mental health is very important as officials. Mm -hmm. Um, It probably gets ignored more than anything. Mm-hmm. My guess is, and this I don't know, this is just a pure speculation, that players at Division One schools or even all student athletes have some sort of counseling that they can go to, you know, hey, I'm really struggling with my grades, I'm struggling to make practices all the day, and, you know, they have some sort of counselor within the campus that they can sit down and just, you know, talk or, you know, just kind of get some things out in the open, whatever that may be, is readily available, probably even more so the higher you go mm-hmm. because they want the best out of those out of those players. They And ultimately, they want to make sure that they're healthy physically and mentally. That way they can compete. We're missing that in officiating. Mm. We're missing it. I think there's an opportunity for us to, you know, maybe develop that mm-hmm. um, instead of, you know, I, I think the days are over of, you know, rub some dirt on it, keep going. Sure. Those days are over. And I would love to know how many people have given up officiating or even a difficult job because they just had no counsel mm-hmm. in because it was just a mental struggle. They, they put themselves in unhealthy spots. Um and I don't. I want to be clear. I'm not in an unhealthy spot. I don't mm-hmm. think that. But it's it's become very aware to me that if if it's affecting me, who feels pretty in tune to what's happening and and works a lot of games and has some great success at officiating, how is it affecting that person who is also trying to elevate? Mm-hmm. How is it? How is it helping? How are how are? There's got to be more that we can do to help officials be mentally strong and mentally, um, I don't know if I want to use the word stable, but in a way that they can go on from day to day, even though they're still getting that negative feedback or whatever that might be, or not getting the feedback they were hoping for in their week's worth of work, that they could still continue on. If we had something, so if anyone's listening and they got a great idea, you email me, email us at uh, the common uncommon drive podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Not the uncommon That's drive. That's right. <laughs> email us. Let us know because it, and I remember early before the season started, I was on a call and it was a question about, um, you know, why don't we train this way or why don't we train that way? And, and, you know, the answer came across as, well, that's just not how it's, it's done, but there's nothing stopping you from, from starting that. Yep. And we need more people that are going to say, you know, why not me? And, you know, when we started this podcast, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. We had yeah. no idea. We said, like, hey, let's just try. See if we can help a few people. We'll kind of see what happens. Why not us? Mm-hmm. Why not Chad and Jeff can get a podcast going that are going to help, you know, thousands of people weekly that get, get them through games? So why not us? So, why not someone out there listening going, you know what? I, I have a degree in mental health. I think I can start something here. You know, why can't we do that? So I, that's where I struggle. Well, and, and I'll take it down even a little bit more simple than that, Jeff. 
and we've talked about some of this on the podcast before, but sometimes things start simply in a more grassroots kind of thing. You know, the moment we say, well, I've got a degree in mental health or this or whatever, then there's a whole group of us that are like, okay, I can check out because that's not my responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. But you know what? Um, One of the ways that we help take care of each other's mental health through all this is by when you're on your drive home Mm. and you finish listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast, you've heard that, and now you gotta you you still got ninety minutes before you hit the house. Um, you're thinking through your mind, man. I wonder who else was working a game tonight. Mm-hmm. And you punch their number into the Bluetooth on the car, and you give them a call. Hey, how was your game tonight? Hey, mm-hmm. what's going on? Mm-hmm. Or when you had the rough game, you reach out to a couple people and you allow them to do that. And, and here's what I'm going to tell you: If you're listening to this podcast right now and you say, you know what? I don't have people like that. Maybe you're new in officiating. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you just got your very first college baseball assignments for this coming spring, and you've not worked with anybody. You don't know. You're leaving behind everything you knew in the high school world and all that, and this is a brand new college season for you. If you are not connected with people that can be those kinds of sounding boards for you, shoot us an email mm-hmm. at podcast at gmail.com. Um, not that we necessarily can be those people, but I promise you, we know people where you are at. Mm -hmm. We will do everything we can to connect. Mm -hmm. Um, and I believe it's one of the greatest things that we can do as officials, because again, if I want to go back to that, that analogy where we're talking about those numbers, okay, if, if, if being a 98% official is, is rough, (laughs) If that's the way we feel it, right? right. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what happens when that when that batter that normally hits three thirty on the season is only batting two twenty? Mm-hmm. Well, the best thing that could happen for his team is for his teammates to come around him and go, "Man, keep swinging the bat. We know you're going to turn this thing around." Mm-hmm. Hey, well, you got this. This is a big moment coming up. You're going to get this hit. You're going to take care of us, mm-hmm. right? that pitcher that's been struggling on the mound and all of a sudden we need him to come in and save the game. And the coach walks up to him and says, I have total faith in you go get these three outs. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Why, why do they do that? Because it makes the team better. Yep. We as officials are a team. Mm -hmm. We need to be a team. We joke sometimes when we, when we bust out either from home plate or we're there getting ready to go out for the, the jump ball to start the game. We say, Hey, let's be the best team out there. Mm -hmm. Right. We've said that so many times. Well, let's be it off the court and off the field as well. Yeah. And let's be that for one another. Mm -hmm. And when somebody gets clips and we call them, let's be honest with them, let's talk about it. But then let's all start, man, you only got three clips on a game? That means you must have got at least 97 of them right, man. Mm-hmm. 97 is a pretty darn good score. <laughs> right. You know, and, and let's be that reminder for one another out there. Yeah, I think that's, it's perfectly said, Chad. Um, and I'm guessing the people who just heard that are still going to find a struggle to get the courage to reach out to someone. Sure they will. So it's going to take some courage. Um, I think, you know, as we come up on the holiday season, we're going to be around, you know, I only got, you know, not that I'm counting, but I think I got like six more games before my Christmas break, but you know, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that Christmas break of being with my friends and family for seven or eight days straight and not, and not even thinking basketball. Yeah. So when I'm not thinking basketball, 
that's a good thing for me <laughs> sometimes, you know, because we, we just need to rejuvenate sure. into ultimately what's so important is I was able to wake up next to my wife, mm-hmm. you know, that, and I can call my, my son and my daughter and I can communicate with them and that I, I haven't lost that. So, um, just take care of your mental health. We don't care if you have a, a degree in mental health. We care that you have ears. That's right. And we care that you can speak to someone who has ears, they can listen, and then you can be their their pillar of, of support. Yeah. You know, we uh, when we started this little podcast, um, our hope was that, you know, maybe 20, 25 people uh, mm. would find something valuable from this. And we are incredibly fortunate. Um, it's because of you who've been listening to this that we're literally, as Jeff said uh, a few minutes ago, there, there are thousands of listens that are happening to this podcast each and every week. And so we, uh, we're incredibly appreciative for that. Uh, and we want this to continue to be something that is meaningful to you. And so one of the things that you can do to help us with that is by communicating with us things that, that you would like to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just finished up uh, last week uh, another listener question podcast. If you've got questions, send those to our email address, uncommondrivepodcast at mm-hmm. gmail.com. <laughs> um, if you've got stories uh, about this, um, I, I heard from from an official last night that that just had a had a struggle in a game earlier this week. It's like, man, you know, how would you have approached this or whatever? Mm-hmm. If you've got stories like that, um, send those to us. And we would love the opportunity confidentially, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll leave out names and dates and schools and that kind of stuff. We'll just talk about it from a a place of learning Mm -hmm. uh, because we think that's what makes us all better. And us striving to get better in this day and age is uncommon in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So uh, I hope. Be, how's God can say it? You know, be unordinary and a group for ordinary people. So Yeah. yeah, be unordinary. Absolutely. So it is my hope that you all stay safe and healthy this week. If you're going to get infected with anything, Mm. let it be Omicross, not Omicron. (laughs) And uh, we'll uh, see you back next week, guys. Thanks so much. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.